Hello and welcome to the 14 Questions Podcast. Or welcome back. How you doing, Dan? Good to see you. Good to see you. Yeah, so uh, for the folks out there listening, this this, uh, episode's kind of special. We're not doing anything really special for the episode, but it really marks our one-year anniversary as a podcast. So we're over here celebrating, but we're just going to have a normal episode and talk about a thing. Totally forgot Um, about that. Yeah, yeah, this is... This is it. One year. One year. This Well, this officially marks the beginning of a second year. This season, whatever. Well, we've been doing season two because we thought it was better to just change and roll over yeah. with the new year to avoid confusion in the future. But And weirdly enough, we are we're recording on Thursday. <laughs> we are recording on Thursday. So how was your weekend? And then do you want to <laughs> How was your week? It, it has been an interesting week for myself. Um so, but but things are looking up as far as all that's concerned. So that's good news for me. I won't get into the details well, of my we, personal we, life. Nobody cares. We had some scheduling things come up. Yeah. A, my, my weekend was wonderful. Um, you know, I had to eat soup for like three days. <laughs> chipped a tooth for the listeners out there. Had to get a thing fixed. Brandon was out of town. He's like, "Do you want to record?" I'm like, "No, no, no, no. I gotta go get a thing fixed." And I'm not, a, I'm not a fan of getting teeth fixed. But yeah, you're not a fan of anything medical. Yeah, no, medically no. related when it pertains to yourself. Even though you work in the industry. Yeah, exactly. You know, kind of bizarre. But we could, we could go down the. But I'm so I'm, rabbit I'm, hole I'm, of I'm, the psychology as to why. But whatever. I'm so happy though, because you know we're actually doing a thing on a Thursday. We're gonna, we're gonna punch and roll. We're going to give our our sound people and our editor like 15 seconds before this has to get released this I evening. Mean, yeah, I mean, everybody's, you know, listens regularly. It's been like, at 5 o'clock, came and went, and uh, yeah. where's, where's the new episode? Well, we're, we're doing it right now. Yeah, so, so we're, we're right there with you, for folks. the slight delay, but it'll be out before midnight for sure. Yeah. Um, so uh, here we go. So what are we talking about? I, I want to get into... This is a bizarre... So we've we've touched on this topic before. Yeah, this one, it, you know, again, currency. We get into tech and currency and all kinds of things. And so, you know, one thing we hadn't really dove into just yet. Well, and, well hold on. So oh, I just want to I want to do a I, shout out here. I, okay, I, I'm a bit ahead of myself. So, folks, so there are some other folks that are really good at talking about this. You know, I'm not I'm not saying we're we're great at it. We're trying to get better, but. You know, basically Planet Money. I follow them. Fantastic podcast. Yeah, yeah. And you know, they've done the history of currency. So if you want to really dive into the weeds on this stuff and bartering and this and that and the other, you know, it's kind of cool stuff. And then basically you have, you know, some other folks out there. You know, this American Life has covered this, but then there's this sort of where we're going to go after the break. We're going to get into the technical side of the evolution of this this bizarre thing that we have done, you know, for like 17,000 years. I forget what it was in the notes. It's it's ridiculous. <laughs> like people had to, I mean, so really the, the inflection point here was when we went from bartering, like I'll trade you a goat for some grain. Yeah. To let's, you know, invent a thing, some seashells or... Some shiny pebbles, some river rocks, and we'll, well, you know, start to account for those. Well, and because, then here we go. So you brought yeah. up the word account. Hmm. So 
Accounting, weirdly enough, looking at my, I don't have a lot of notes. I just have a lot of links open on my on my computer right now. <laughs> but the whole idea of this accounting thing actually started before um, the written period. Yeah, which is interesting, isn't it? You know, it, it does make sense as I think about it that before we developed a written language, we needed to be able to account for like ownership of things or or you know, the exchange of goods between individuals, because if not, you know, how do you, I, I own that. No, I own that. No, that's mine. No, that's mine. No. Hey. Um, and so on and so forth. So it makes sense. So I'm looking at this about, about 30,000 years ago, 30,000 years ago. How do we know that? Because they didn't have any written records. <laughs> well, I mean, fair enough. But I mean, accounting, the, the whole accounting and, and records of accounting, the whole monetary, the whole idea of a, of a monetary system that would keep track of things. So we're talking like Mesopotamia. We're talking, you know, hey, I've got a, a piece of bone and I'll put a little bit of mark on it. Yeah. You know, with, yeah. with this and so-and-so gave me this. And they were, they were basically measuring, mm-hmm. you know, what was going on. And moving into this this weird, wacky world of exchanging money for things. Yeah. Which is really kind of fascinating. And then it's so folks, as we as we research these things over here on the 14 questions, then of course I have to jump to the whole concept of because where we're going after the break is gonna get pretty complicated, but let's get into something else that's kind of fun and funky. So you get into into credit. Yeah. Originally, charge cards. Yeah, they started started as charge cards. Individual accounts for certain businesses and whatnot. Where they say you pay you pay your bills all the time. How about we just extend this offer to you, and then uh, you can account for it and reconcile this later on. Yeah. So a charge card was basically a third party, meaning a store at that point in time, saying we will extend. We, we, we trust you. We're, it's not credit yet. We're not in credit card land yet, folks. No, no. We're in charge card land. And basically businesses that were within a, within a you know, I guess walking distance or whatever, driving distance of your house, they knew you, they would do these things. And then big businesses propped up with these things. And then as we expanded and the populations grew, the first people to the table I think there might have been one company, but basically the one that stands out is Diners Club says, I'm going to level the playing field. Yeah. I'm going to grant this and basically control. I will charge the person that's charging, not the customer, but we're going to level the playing field because the little, the, the smaller stores and venues can get into this because they didn't have the wherewithal to issue their own. Yeah. 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 And the, the mom and pop stores and the local you know, non-corporate conglomerates, essentially. Yeah. Um, and we got into credit and this and that and the other. But the, the, the weird thing here, Brandon, is the ISO slash IEC standards. All right. So this is getting to do, folks. So the, to have a thing that you could carry around with you, right, had to basically say who you were, had a thing. And weirdly enough... This, the specifications on IDs that are issued by a country or by a state or a province. These folks were like, you know what we need to do is we need to do this this card. 
it has to meet all these specifications. Yeah. Just a standardized format for these things. Yeah. So, I mean, this is, this is stuff you, like, you did a pretty deep dive into that, I think. Yeah, what was it, 0.78 millimeters thickness? So Brandon and I wrote, <laughs> you know, last night, you know, talking about this episode, and I'm like, pull your, pull your cards out of your wallet. And we started going through all of them, and then driver's licenses, and then I have a, I have a card that was issued to me for um, traveling in, in, on the Eurorail in Europe. Yeah. And you start to look at the thickness of these things, the rounded corners. There's all these little tells that somehow these things are, like, authentically real. Yeah, yeah. You know, mag strips and, you know, holograms. holograms and and <laughs> printed signatures and photographs and all the things. Just layers of security. Yeah, because you get just... confidence, you right? Just, oh, yeah, because you can run around and slide them or now, we, you know, we, we, we'll, you know we'll, we'll get into the chip thing at some point in time, maybe. I mean, we might. Yeah, we might. So. But, uh, yeah, so that's how we, we've, we've been, you know passing money around and now you got credit cards and then that's an extension of a credit line and yeah we won't get into all that it's all fairy dust at this point you know once we abandon the gold standard yeah well (laughs) you know why does this have value because we say it does okay you know i mean it's a social contract if you think about it that we all agree that this thing has value and if we don't all agree then it all falls apart it's really fascinating so then yeah so let's get in this so so right now we, we, we've gone from marking something on a piece of bone when people didn't write things down to ledgering and accounting. Yeah. Keep yeah. track of things. You know, we've advanced now. We've got plastic. We have, we have steel cards. They have to be certain thickness, millimeters. The corners have to be rounded a certain way. All about trust. And then the, the thing that you're, you're being protected against is, you know, getting robbed Getting yep. d- defrauded, right? Yeah, yeah. But all of this stuff somehow gets reported out. And keep in mind, folks, other than the store relationship way back in the day when you had credit, and there's lots, of, I have a coffee account where I have credit at a coffee place. It's like, yeah, that's not reported anywhere. No, that's on a handwritten ledger, you know. Yeah. You walk in, you get you get your espresso or whatnot, and you'd be like, I'm, I'm pay you on the 15th. It's fine. It's fine. But... So where I'm going with this is that the accountability, there was always this third party that accounted for something that was centralized. Yes. Yes. And then so some folks sat around and said this idea of having something, you know, I want to give Brandon some money and we got a thing over here and there's somebody in the middle and that's a centralized thing. What happens if we just got rid of that? Yeah. Take it out of the equation. Or being that was a long circumspect way to go to like lead into a thing we're not even talking about yet. And I think before we do, we'll probably take a quick break. Let's do it. We'll be right back. to a few things. I got a few things. 
I'm just going to go with that one one word that you were. What's the definition of the word? It's what? Mush? Mush. Yeah, Dan brings up mush. And I'm like, oh, like a pasty, soupy mixture of nondescript things. And he's like, no, like the sled dogs. And uh, like, what's the etymology of that word? I'm not sure where he's going with it, but I looked it up. And apparently it was first recorded in 1862 as, as moosh, I guess, M-O-U-C-H-E, uh, with a notation that it perhaps it altered, is an altered form of a French word, marchands. You know, so they would marchand, marsh, marsh, mush, 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 as lazy-tongued northern Europeans or something. I don't know. Uh, it's, it's so, folks, it's yeah. kind of funny. We don't, we, it, weirdly enough, we're recording tonight on a Thursday, and Teddy is not in the studio. I, I, I was just thinking about that while we were on the break. I'm like, the dog has to be so confused because his, his mom's home. He's, he's in the main house, and we're just hanging out here doing our thing. So, all right, can I, can I, okay. I'm, I'm just going to, I'm just going to go with this. We're going to, we're, we're going to talk, talk about the Doge. <laughs> oh, the Doge. We're going to talk about cryptocurrency in general, I think, but. Well, you know, that seems to be like looking across the headlines right now. So dog coin for a beer. I like to call it Doge. Doge, Dogey. I don't know. Much. Is there a standardized Miche. pronunciation of this thing? <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's interesting because, you know, I, I followed Bitcoin uh, from its inception, and I hate myself for never putting any cash towards it because we all know very recently it's been trading around $64,000 as a coin. And so we've had a lot of conversations about cryptocurrency and wrapping our head around blockchain technology and the algorithms and things that make all these function. And then several months back, you know, I stumble on this, this Dogecoin, and I'm like, hmm, this is interesting and kind of funny and fun and seems to have a big community of people behind it. Uh, you know, and it was used for those not familiar. It, it, it was kind of started as a joke. It based, was a meme. Based, based on a meme, yeah. It, well, it wasn't a meme. The, the meme was existent unto itself. Uh, most people probably familiar have seen some variation of it uh, with a Shiba Inu. Uh, <laughs> with kind of this smirking look on its face, and it was used, you know. I'm staring at it right like, now on my computer. All over the place. And then they're like, yeah, we'll make, we'll make a, a Bitcoin fork, basically, uh, which you guys can look that term up uh, as a joke. And so it's been used for, like, micro-tipping on social media. Uh, and it's never been really worth anything. You know, we're talking, like, thousandths of a cent. And so the more I read about this thing, I kind of got interested. And then I was like, I, you know what? This speaks to me. I have some faith in it. So I, I, I invested some money. And then, uh, you know, in the last week or two, boy, things, things are starting to, starting to happen with it. Yes. Should I do a disclaimer here over in the 14 questions that we do not give financial advice? You should go to a financial advisor. If other words are a CPA firm, <laughs> et cetera, et cetera. We're not sponsored by the Doge or any cryptocurrency. Um, I'm not opposed to it. But anyhow, folks, just wanted to make those <laughs> show just, notes. We're yeah. just a couple of idiots with microphones that, you know, like no. to talk about stuff. So this is interesting. So this whole idea, all right, of... We established, um, and this is a whole other, you know, rabbit hole of things, but basically crypto technology in general, the ability to 
you know, encode something and I could share something with you. And then, but the way that they actually lined all this up and then conceived of this idea of a decentralized currency is absolutely mind boggling to me. It isn't in hindsight, but it is in the sense that, okay, where are we going here? Yeah, it's it's hard to wrap your head around the concept of, of like blockchain technology and why does this have value to begin with um, and just a, a digital asset that, you know, some of them could be really cash alternatives. Um, and I think we've been on this path for a while because, you know, 10, 15 years ago, maybe even longer uh, off the top of my head, World of Warcraft was really big. And at some point in time, I thought it was crazy because people started selling these rare weapons on eBay for exorbitant sums of money. And I remember having conversations about it going, you know, this is this is just a pile of code in a video game. It's 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 a virtual sword or battle axe or what have you. And the thought that somebody would pay, you know, ten, twelve thousand dollars or more to own this piece of digital gear in a video game. Uh, it seems silly and asinine to me. Fast forward to the present, and now we have these assets again, Bitcoin uh, being the most prominent, $64,000. And, uh, and there were stories after stories. I mean, again, Planet Money, I'll go back to them. They did a, they did a really, go down this, folks, please go look up Planet Money. They, they talked to a guy that lost a computer. You know, he, he, <laughs> he go fund me to like try to dig around a dump. He's, he's, you know, he bought like five of these things originally for like, I don't know, like 35 cents and they're worth, I don't know, like yeah, there's millions. I don't, I don't want to break their story. Multiple yeah. horror stories of people that maybe opted in early and then didn't really even think about the ownership of that and maintaining custodial control of their keys uh, to prove ownership. And, you know, you get rid of the old computer or it dies and you don't think about it. And then suddenly fast forward, you know five or six years and they're like, holy shit, I bought like 5,000 of those. Yeah, exactly. I would be a millionaire had I had access so, uh, to okay. this stuff. So maybe we should back up here a little bit. So Brandon said, you know, I have a key to something. So let's go with the, with the idea of um, cryptology. All right. So the idea is that I can personally generate something that is, is protected. You know, it's, it's a key, right? Correct me if I'm wrong, Brandon. You, I share that with you, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's a third party that that basically keeps track of that transition, right? So my 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 key goes to you. This is an encrypted thing of zeros and ones. Boom. We agree. Here's I'm gonna put five dollars into this. Here's five dollars, and you accept it. And you say, okay, and then you generate your own key. And there's a third party, unbeknownst to us, because we can't see that quote-unquote ledger, correct? Am I? I think I see where you're going, but I'm not 100% sure. But can, I mean, can we explain it to the listeners like exactly how? Again, you'd be better at this. Because there's a master, <laughs> there is a master ledger kept. And then there's, there's a, there's a code or a key of my custodial ownership of said thing that I am now passing to you. 
Yes. And then there's a separate ledger that is generated Mm -hmm. with more codes and keys behind it that authenticates that particular handoff to you. I mean, essentially, yeah. I'm trying so to over, I'm, folks, yeah, I'm oversimplifying, it, but it's... Well, it, it, I'd rather keep it simple. Yes. Um, and I'll probably misspeak at some point in this because I haven't really read heavily recently into the actual functionality of this stuff. I have a generalized understanding for my own purposes, but, um, you know, you have, you have multiple, multiple nodes involved in this or individual computers and machines that help with the accountability of this stuff. And so instead of you have your one central bank and the transaction comes into the bank and then goes out, it's it's more like like you have 10,000 people and I exchange something with Dan, they all witness it and say, yep, we knew that was Brandon's and now we all know that it's Dan's. And... So because of that, there are multiple checks and balances for these, which, you know, it prevents fraud and everything. It's extremely secure uh, means of, of curating and controlling and accounting for these transactions uh, to the point, you know, again, if, if you lose your key, <laughs> then you're just out. You know, there's no there's no recovering that you, you have to have the one piece of the puzzle. And if you don't have it, you're just out of luck. Right. So, so folks, we don't want to get too much in the weeds here, but I'd even heard reports of partial keys they could recover because the, the third party ledger is keeping track of this. So if you even had bits and pieces, they could maybe reestablish them. So it's not, so in other words, and then the other bizarre thing folks is that, so I would pass this. So then we're talking about like massive amounts of encryption. You know, you don't want somebody to be able to like sneak up and figure out, you know, how many zeros and ones were on your little transaction thing that you did for five bucks. That's now worth, you know, 50 million. Um, the, the basically history of anything that happened from me passing something to you is held somewhere, Mm -hmm. third party, but you and I are also a party to that. As of tens of thousands of people moving things around. And and it's all kind of obscured from the individual transaction side. So it's, it's verified elsewhere. Um, But it requires a computer that can ledger something Mm -hmm. into something quantumly. I can't even imagine. (laughs) Like it is again. I I, I wish I went on a deep dive. I want to print out of this thing. Right. Now. You're, you're you're not going to walk into Staples and be like, "Hey, can you can you print me out like the last few days of this stuff moving around?" It'd be a lot of paper. Yeah, and then so. Yeah, but bizarre. I'm inclined to agree. Yeah, it's a decentralized. Yeah, wholly decentralized, which I love. I love. I love the. If we're going to have a currency, we all just pretend as worth something anyway. Like but that's what we do. With like every currency. Like just, I know, but yeah. You don't have this central regulatory body necessarily. So I, I like the, since it's a social contract anyway, that this is really a peer to peer exchange and like stay out of the business. Like just, we can do our own thing and nobody needs to have their hands in it, but us. So yeah. And it, it just gets so bizarre. So you, you, you dig into this stuff, right? And there's a bit of information out there. So around 95 to 98, um, 
eCash was conceived, right? And then this goes into a whole DigiCash thing that um, David um, Shrum, I think I'm getting it correct, the last name is C-H-A-U-M, correct? Shum, Shum. Shum, yeah. yeah. He wanted an anonymous, you know, cryptographic way to move an exchange of, you know, things around. I, I believe I'm going to give you five bucks. Here's a way to do it. In the history of DigiCash and what went on with this is fascinating. Now, the thing to keep in mind, that was 1995. And then literally right now you can unsurface, you know, under... Um, this very interesting website that I found, um, which is uh, Cointelegraph, we have the NSA get involved in 96 because they're seeing this this thing. Boom, it's on a radar. They got decentralized currency? <laughs> really? Damn. What could possibly fucking yeah, that, go wrong? That, that could pose some <laughs> hurdles for you know national security and whatnot. Well, because now there's a way, in theory, for a lot of money to move around and not be tracked. Yes. And, you know, their concerns obviously are laundering, moving money around, monetary stuff. No one can see it. No one knows what's going on. It's behind the scenes. So, like, authentically, I do think that there is a concern out there. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And the, then the fact that, you know, if you have the key, then you have access to the, you know, proverbial kingdom, right? And so if I parked U.S. dollars in one of these things and some other nefarious person, not that I'm a nefarious person, but hypothetically speaking, had had the key, then they could access that and nobody would ever know where that money went. I convert it, I convert it to a digital asset and then somebody else on the other end can take possession of that asset and convert it to a different currency and there'd be no way no way to know who, what, or how that all went down. Um, so it does. It, it it poses some some interesting questions. Well, and I think and I think governments in general they get a little concerned when you know average folks come up with these like new schemes of how to do something. Like, what are you up to? Yeah. Like you're supposed to play over here. We have banking systems. We have you know federal governments. We have state that we, we yeah, countries it's, it's, like I'm sure it's a little unsettling <clears throat> it's crazy unsettling because I mean I'm, I'm just gonna read part of this this quote out of here you know one must be certain one knows who owns a given public key and this is a quote out of this NSA paper because they're yeah they're like what 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 are y'all doing you're just you're passing you're passing stuff around and you know we could we have no way to know how much money, you know, it's, it's bizarre. Yeah. It's a bit cat and mousey, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's good, I guess. I mean, then again, this is, you know, we're, 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 we podcast from the United States of America and we have a big thing called Fort Knox. They have a bunch of gold under it. And apparently they're like, Hey, we can do a thing. If we ever need to do a thing, y'all just believe in this stuff that, just push it around and use credit cards and whatever. And now it's yeah. like, oh, we're concerned about crypto. Yeah, again, it's all fairy dust money to begin with. Yeah. So take, take, taking the power back. But this um, is kind of interesting because you are actually, you actually bought this this um, canine dog thing, right? Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, <laughs> I, 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 I invested a little money in it. 
I think I, I, I gave you some I gave you some money to invest in this. Yeah, a little like bit. A couple couple weeks ago. <laughs> Just yeah. a little bit. And again, we're not we're not pushing the mush, the doge, whatever. We're, we'll come up with a nickname for it over here. But um, <laughs> you know, this is this is a thing. It's on a lot of people's mind, and it's going to be you know. But you keep talking about it like I think. Can we can we play the block that I recorded, and then you can you can do <laughs> so a thing. Dan Dan is a I love him to death. But Dan tends to, he's like the guy that mixes up metaphors and colloquialisms and stuff. And so, hey, I'm just going to play this and then explain it. Who are you? Bond. James Bond. The envy of every man. The nemesis of the treacherous Mr. Goldfinger. Uh, there's, a, there's a concept in the community of, of uh, you know, speculative investors called diamond hands, which basically just means hold on to the damn thing and see where it goes and hold, 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 instead of selling for a profit or anything else. And Dan will get mixed up and call it gold hands or, in this instance, gold fingers. So I, I, we'll, I mean, we'll indulge him a little bit. And uh, I mean, what's the difference? Gold hands, gold fingers? I mean, well, gold is a soft... Malleable metal and the one that diamond the one is that the hardest. Your your fucking dog meme is the on planet. that thing, yeah. right? I look at the Doge, right? The, <laughs> the fucking snowbell dog. What the hell dog did you say it was? It's a Shiba Inu smiling at me on a gold coin. It's not even a diamond coin. So what do you you to chuck it off? Okay, so Mister Diamond Hands over here. We're we're mixing things up. We're mixing metaphors again. Here we go. Jesus. But uh, yeah, in a roundabout way, this is a conversation we'll probably circle back to on the podcast at some point, but uh, we wanted to dip a toe in the water on cryptocurrency and accounting and things like that uh, because it, this stuff is fascinating. And as we learn more and educate ourselves further, we'd love to share some of that information with you guys. No, and it, it's, it, 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 I guess it, it crosses so many things, right? So it, it crosses going to my, the reason I pointed out some other podcasts and areas to look into this, you know, by no means are we, you know, financially this, or we're, we're not planet money. We're not, you know, even, you know, some of these other places, but we do cover a lot about technology and security. And so this is one of these, these topics that really, you know, touches on some things, you know, you gotta understand about crypto yeah. and, and cryptology. And then, you know, bit encryption and how computers work and the fact that this stuff actually has to be stored on electronic devices, goes to the interwebs, which cover those. And then it's, you know, this monetary currency thing. So, yeah, it's absolutely, you know, fascinating. And, and to your point, just so the listeners realize, the reading I've done about it, it's pretty damn secure. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's incredibly secure. And relies mostly on peer-to-peer trust. And then there's this third party and ledger there. But yeah. mark my words, the other thing we like to cover over here is people getting screwed over or scammed. And that's probably happening. And, oh, of course, and, yeah. It, of course, right, in, in anything. Like, the people issue a credit card. They'll, they'll do whatever to try to, you know, yeah, if you, screw, you out of, screw you out of a few bucks. If you build bucks. a lock, which we've talked about in the past, mm-hmm. you know, no matter how secure, how complex, if somebody's motivated enough, they'll, they'll reverse engineer it. And it's only a matter of time, I think, in this world, too. 
as all technologies evolve, there there will be vulnerabilities found. Um, so it'll be interesting to see as we move forward into the future uh, what what turmoil. Well, because I, comes I, of it again, you know. it's it's decentralized. So there's no bank you can go cry in their lap and yeah, say there's, they, there's they, no they, FDIC they, insurance on. This. They, yeah, they ripped me you off, know, or you, you my credit card was stolen. A, you know, somebody steals mm-hmm. it from you. There's there's not even any way to find out who stole it. You know, so well, th- I mean, in it's, theory, it's the perfect crime. That <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah, something just wrap your, you know. But it's been in the news a lot. It's going to stay there. It's going to be the talk of. Oh yeah, it's several not going years away. to come. Yeah. So, yeah, kind of bizarre stuff. I'm inclined to agree. So, shall we leave it there for now? I think we shall. All right. Till next time. Until next time. Got questions? Need answers? Find them on the 14 Questions Podcast. Welcome to our podcast, where we, along with our frequent guests, will be answering your questions regarding a wide variety of topics, including current events, lifestyle, politics, and of course, popular culture. The 14 Questions Podcast is brought to you by Podhouse Media and Dive Pod Productions. Be sure to find us on the web at 14questions.org, on Twitter at The14Questions, look us up on Facebook at 14Questions, and of course find us wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Podcasts.